0: Hello and welcome to the Leading Communities podcast, brought to you by Aspire4U CIC, Ideal Directions Marketing and hosted by That's All Media CIC. This podcast has been put together to help community leaders learn from proven leaders from proven organisations. My name's Marianne Delaney and I'll be your host. In today's episode, we'll be talking about Leading Through Arts. And with me in the studio, I have Richard Hayhoe, founder of the Open Theatre Company. Hi Richard, how are you doing?
1: I'm fine, thanks.
0: Good, thanks for joining us. That's okay. (laughs) Would you like to tell us a bit more about yourself and the company?
1: Yes. Um, Yeah, so I've been running Open Theatre for about 30 years now. In fact, we've got a big celebration next year because we're... We've decided to take a whole year to celebrate the thirty years, rather than just do it on one day. Partly because I can't remember when I started running it, which day of the week or which day of the month. Um, so yeah, uh, we when I first started, we were doing all sorts of work um, with different kinds of community groups, but slowly focused in on working with people with learning disabilities. Um, and now the uh, the whole thrust of our work is about people with learning disabilities. So. We work in a whole range of special schools across Birmingham and Coventry, and we support those young people when they leave school and uh, in their aspirations for what they might want to achieve. Um, And we create projects, uh, theatre, film, outdoor performance work that uh, involves them, uh, positions them as the sort of prime creators of the work. Um, And we do some fairly large-scale stuff, so at the moment we're just uh, about to pull together a production of Hansel and Gretel that's going on a national tour.
0: Okay, brilliant. Wow, that sounds yeah. exciting. <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot
1: going on. <laughs> um, and then, yes, of course, because of um, Coventry getting City of Culture, uh, things are hotting up there as well. So there's a whole programme of work that we're developing over in Coventry as well as in Birmingham.
0: Okay, great. So do you work primarily in schools or outside schools or a mixture?
1: Um it's a it's a real mixture and i think that our uh, basic uh policy is that we we work in schools in order to reach the young people um that we want to work with to discover what they're able to do to support their education and their learning um but without doing that work we couldn't possibly uh find the people who we want to work with out of school um so it's a really connected process and, and uh, what we say is that we aim to work with young people with learning disabilities from the age of five to 25 and beyond, but we also aim to work with the same young people from five to 25 and beyond. So some of the young people we who are working with us now, we have known for 20 years.
0: Wow. Okay. So you've been watching people grow up basically yeah, and flourish. Yeah,
1: absolutely. And we've been learning through that process because we we don't know all the answers about how to support those young people, but... Um, by working with them consistently over a long period of time, we have learned more and more about how to do that effectively and what's right for them and, and what's right for each one as an individual. Not, not um, So we don't do a kind of formal training course because it's not tailor-made, it's not suited to individual needs. So we, we try and support people individually as much as possible rather than as kind of just do that more sort of formal stuff.
0: Okay, so well, my next question will kind of delve into that, uh, which is how how do you carry that out then? I mean, obviously it's individual and it's with individuals with disabilities and there's a yeah. range of disabilities. Yeah. So, um, yeah, if you could explain more about yeah. what you do. Um,
1: just to be clear, we work with people with learning disabilities, not physical disabilities, which isn't a, a reflection on anything except that's our our motivation that's um the the group of people we've chosen to work with but within learning disability there is a huge huge range um and ultimately uh, that's why we say we just want to work with an individual whoever they are whatever um, qualities or capabilities they have we want to work with them as an individual not as a person with autism or as a person with down syndrome or whatever it might be Mm. um to some extent that is irrelevant although it's possibly a core to their nature and core to what they are, they will go on and do in life so so we have to be endlessly adaptable and flexible in our approach and even in one school where we're working we could work with five classes in one day each of those classes will be different so we have to adapt the way we work with those classes as we go through the day and also within each class there is a range of individuals who we have to be responsive to so it, it's, it's incredibly exciting and creative and challenging, um, but it's at the core of what we do um, is that sort of individual approach.
0: Okay. Well, this quite nicely leads me onto to my first question, which is how do you get people with lived experiences caring about the arts?
1: Right. <laughs> That's a big, big question. <laughs> um, I think you 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 have to start where they're at and don't not go in with any assumptions about whether they'll like what you're doing or or not you just go in the room and you be yourself uh, and you start to do something and then you respond to the way they're interacting with what you're doing so that you're never predicting what uh, a, a, a young person might get out of what you're doing what they might enjoy about it or what they won't enjoy about it so uh, you take time over it all um and you yeah i I think what's really important for us is that we don't we don't go in and think oh let's do a big project with you we just go in and and we just find out who you are what you want to do and slowly over time begin to to discover what it is that we can do together in terms of a project if that's what what we end up doing so we don't predict stuff and we certainly go don't go in with any assumptions about what we might do in that sense so it's a long journey mm. and it's a very respectful journey in that sense. And it's um, about enabling those young people we work with to discover what they might want to do rather than assuming it.
0: Okay, that's a nice approach. So it's a very much about a listening exercise yeah. and everybody kind of being involved in that at yeah. the same time. Yeah, So. That must that does sound very challenging. <laughs> it,
1: it is. but I think that it's just worth saying that our basic core practice is nonverbal physical theater. So it's not about sitting around and talking about mm. what we might do. It's about getting up and doing some things together that's not filtered necessarily through words, but through interaction and connection and communication uh, in all sorts of ways beyond words that enables us to to discover each other in the process and discover what we might do together so the it's not it's definitely not about sitting down and talking about what we might do okay so the ex, the lived experience of what we do is the most important thing
0: right so for me someone who Possibly haven't seen what you do.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> how would you explain?
1: That's really, um, really difficult. <laughs>
0: the sessions um, that you so run. with
1: a lot. Lot of the um, so when we go into a school, when we try and engage with other people who don't know the work we do, we say, "Come and join in with what we do," and then we can talk about it afterwards. Because um, it is very, very difficult to explain unless you've had a sense of what it's about first. So we absolutely say. Uh, let's have a go at doing something and then we can talk about it and often when we're approaching a new school we'll say we'll come in for a day free we'll do some work if you like it we can have a conversation then about what we can do together so it's it's absolutely not about talking about it first so i'm resisting telling you (laughs) what what it's about on that basis because i'll probably flounder a little bit and you'll be going what i don't quite get what you mean um, and that's not to being a, for being obtuse. It's simply because you you have to experience it in order to understand it first.
0: Well, that's that. No, that's I think that's fascinating, and I think actually that's a good exercise for people to carry out, considering yeah. that the podcast is about helping people from communities learn yeah. more. Um, you would say that inviting people and connecting with people yeah. in communities to, to bring to, them in. Yeah, and have a go and yeah. do
1: stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So so with all the young people we work with, in order that, to answer that question as well, in order to engage them, we do something together. We don't sit around and talk. We just get up and have a good time doing something together. And then you start on a journey with that, that person as to where they might want to go with it.
0: Okay. I like the elusiveness of it because it it (laughs) kind of, (laughs) it's appealing. (laughs) It's just the way that you kind of manage that, I suppose, to a degree. Um, And you say that you go into schools. So how do you explain that to schools? Is it very much the same process?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, But then um, because schools are so um, caught up in outcomes and measuring and all that kind of stuff, and we're not against all of that, but I think... Um, we we have a much more flexible approach to that as well. And we don't go in aiming to achieve something um, on that level of curriculum. Um, but we know that we will achieve quite a lot of things that will support the curriculum
0: mm-hmm.
1: in other areas. And okay. that, that's also what teachers say, that, that a young person's learning in other contexts has increased because of the work we do. Mm-hmm. That, uh, and their engagement, their communication, all sorts of things are going on that we can um, support those young people to to achieve. That then allows them to do better in other contexts.
0: So, it it doesn't it doesn't fall in line with you know schools measurements in that degree, but it will do socially, social impact wise. Is that?
1: Yeah. Although this is a really interesting discussion because we've just been in the school where they they made the the momentous decision to actually understand education as the means to equip young people for the rest of their lives. And you go, absolutely, that's what education is about. It's Mm. not necessarily in this context, particularly about learning facts and figures. It's not learning maths or English. It's about learning. Uh, so, So they were talking about physical development, emotional development, communication, all sorts of things that we absolutely need to function effectively in society. And that, for the, this school, is the core of what they want to achieve. And you go, we can do that. We yeah. can be part of that journey with a school because that's exactly what we're doing as well. Um, so if you go into another school where they're um, driven by uh, um, national curriculum outcomes, then it's much more difficult for us to have a dialogue I suppose yeah. um, we can achieve certain things and, and then there's some value in what we do from the school's point of view, because it's almost like uh, a, a relaxation from the other things that they need to do rather than a, a kind of knitted in and a yeah. integral part of what they're doing. Sure. So we have, we have a different dialogue with every school in effect as well, because each school uh,
0: is different. Fun- in different in their way of thinking. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Well, um, one of the things that, you know, has happened with this, the arts, there's been a lot of cuts to, to funding. Um, yeah. There's a lot of, you know, everything's in the yeah. air at the moment, is what's to happen. Uh, why should, you, should funding for this area continue?
1: Because <laughs> it's needed. <laughs> um, I think um, it's interesting times in all sorts of ways, not just about what's happened recently. Um, but uh, in terms of diversity and inclusion, Uh, We've started to crack pretty well every part of um, diversity and inclusion except learning disability. So over the past 30 years, which is what I can reflect on, I've seen massive changes in, in that. I mean, no way are we there with all of that stuff. But people are still absolutely puzzled by learning disability and how to incorporate people with learning disabilities in all sorts of roles in society and to do uh, all sorts of things and achieve things and what, what, how to relate to people with learning disabilities. So finally, what I feel is that there's a recognition that um, people who know what they're doing in this field are needed in order to support other people who want to do that. So we work in partnership with a whole range of organis- arts organisations across both cities to support them in their work with people with learning disabilities. So in terms of funding, although it is it's quite a difficult funding climate, I think the we're on a a bit of a winner, if you like, mm-hmm. in that sense because we are we are doing something that not a lot of other people are doing, and it's been recognised that it's needed uh, in a bigger way recently than it ever has been. Yeah. So I'm I remain fairly hopeful that we we can carry on bringing in funding over the coming years to, to help us achieve what we want to achieve.
0: I do see a lot of partnership organisations, especially in the arts, working mm. together. I don't know if that's... I don't feel, or from my own experience of working in charities and organisations, that partnership working is as uh, favoured. Do you think that the arts stands out more in that way?
1: As work uh, In terms of working in partnership? Yeah. Um, to some extent, yes, although I think the funding climate forces arts organizations to be very competitive Mm. Um, and so there is a reluctance to work in partnership for fear of losing funding or or maybe because you have different aims and ambitions and so on and I I don't I think there is some partnership but it's not necessarily as strong as it can be But, but one of our fundamental arguments is that we cannot achieve for any one young person what they could achieve on our own we have to work in partnership and some of the best examples of what some of the young people we have worked with over the years have achieved is because they've worked with many other organizations as well as us yeah and the the big thing about coventry at the moment that we're trying to push is how does the city provide for the cultural opportunities for the young people with learning disabilities in that city not how does any one organization do it so that the opportunity with city of culture is to say We can bring the whole city together in this uh, and look at what are the opportunities. So it's not about, oh, we've done some work with people with learning disabilities. It's what are are those young people's needs? How does this organization help with that? How does that organization and that free flowing between organizations uh, that enables those young people to get the breadth of experience and just um, being involved in so many different things, which is what most of us want naturally. But we have denied uh, the young people we are talking about in terms of opportunity. We don't see it of a value that they do more than one thing. Maybe we're out of school or whatever. But we're saying, no, we need them out there everywhere doing everything.
0: Okay. so if if you hear from a young person that they've been working with a particular organisation, how do you start? those conversations with the organisation that that young person has discussed? Is there kind of a network that you're a part of or is it is it literally from the mouths of the people that you're working with and then you go it, from it, that?
1: Well, it's both. I mean, it's, it's kind of... Um, if you work in the schools, you get to know a lot of the young people. Mm. And then uh, if you work with the arts organisation, you get to know who's working with those arts organisations. So talking to the young person and supporting them in what they want to achieve or setting up opportunities for them but it's also making sure that everyone knows what you're doing as well. So you're not seen as operating in isolation. Mm. So the networking and the connections are really, really important. Uh, so we try and network as much as possible and encourage conversations between organisations about what they're doing and just kind of open up, open that all up so that um, they're aware that a young person's journey can involve them but also can involve lots of other things as well and that's not a problem that's actually amazing mm. so when a young person that we're working with goes off and does something somewhere else that's a big celebration for us yeah it's not going oh come back and work with us where have you gone
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah sure <laughs> it's it's
1: actually really exciting when someone else one when one of our young people works somewhere else so there's a young man who worked with us he's now um, working at the rep um, backstage mm. and I haven't seen him for a while and I'm, that's great because <laughs> he's got yeah. a job and he's yeah. doing something yeah yeah
0: that's great so yeah. I mean as, as you were saying earlier and from what I you know kind of took on that you've been working with people from five yeah 25 so yeah. it's great to see that transition and see yeah you, you Absolutely. know people disappearing yeah. for yes. good reason yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and that's a kind of value for us uh in the arts is that it's not about it's it's about the art, but it's also about the the person, person. as well. And uh, the more you get to know people, the more you want to just carry on working with them and help them get where they want to get.
0: So how do you see... Well, I mean, I'm kind of like free-balling here. Mm. So how do you... It's very difficult to actually say as well, considering a latest list of developments mm. and events. Mm. Um, how do you see the arts, people working together and people that have come through through you what kind of opportunities do you see that are opening up for them in adulthood
1: um that's a that's a difficult question because um f- you know we're on a i don't know 10 year journey 15 year journey mm. to to open up all those opportunities because i mean we we at one stage we were thinking why are we doing all this schools work because we're we're saying to these young people implicitly the world is a a more interesting richer place for you to be in than it really is because we're we're opening up the possibility of what they could do Mm. and then if the world doesn't or the society out there doesn't meet those aspirations then they're going to have a big letdown when they leave school because those opportunities aren't there so that's basically why we started working with other organizations Mm -hmm. to say you need to be providing these opportunities yeah but that journey is a long long process and Hopefully things are moving quicker than they have been moving and people are more aware of the need to um, change the ways they work because this isn't um, just about inclusion. It's not about making sure the young people we work with are included in what's going on. It's actually about arts organisations changing the way they go about doing stuff in order to become inclusive. And for us, what's really important is the core of that inclusivity is about learning how to work with people with learning disabilities and then bring other people into that. That's the inclusion for us. It's not the other way around. That's clear.
0: Yeah, yeah, Yeah. no, it is. So that could be an issue. Yeah. So this, again, the next question is, what are the issues for you as an arts leader and how do you overcome them? So I'm assuming the answer might be kind of... (laughs) Yeah,
1: I mean... uh, I wouldn't frame them as issues mm. in that sense. I'd say these are the things that we're living with. They're the yeah. things that are current at the moment and the things that challenge us to, to completely rethink all all sorts of things. So with Hansel and Gretel, which we're taking on, this national, on the national tour, yeah, it's really important that there are five professional performers in that with learning disabilities and it's a family show, so it appeals to... Ordinary theatre, whatever an ordinary theatre goer is, I don't know. It appeals to a family audience who want to just go and see a good piece of theatre. And then maybe at the end of it, there's some recognition that, oh, wow, those were people with learning disabilities who did that. That's amazing. Um, but that's a one-off thing. Mm. So with all the venues, and this is going, to, this is a big challenge for us, with all those 12, 13 venues that we're working, uh, we're performing at, we are offering to them the possibility of engaging with what they do uh training mentoring supporting those venues to do similar work themselves in the long term because then you're embedding what you're doing much more fully uh rather than just going oh we've got a great show isn't it amazing that we've got five performers who are who are pretty good at what they do yeah that's great um but there's a much longer term ambition than this which is how do you enable all you know so if we go to Hull how do you enable people with learning disabilities in Hull to have Mm. the same opportunities that we've provided here yeah so those are the sort of puzzles I suppose that we've got at the moment and it
0: depends on the climate and who's around to help support that as well yeah
1: absolutely yeah yeah
0: so what would your advice be to people who at the moment are at the beginning of their kind of arts organization journey (laughs) <laughs> where were, I know, i'm throwing them at you today but what would your advice be in terms of you know building that network and having those conversations
1: wow that's a big question um i think there's a lot about um carving out your own way through all of this believing in what or discovering what you're really capable of doing uh and and pushing that through rather than trying to play the game of how do I do it? And that, that's a sort of reflection on my own career, which is I thought I had to make theatre in a certain way and I had to do things in a certain way. And then you start working with people with learning disabilities and go, no, none of that's going to work. Let's try something different. And then just that kind of get sticking with it. Yeah. And it's hard work. Working in the arts is hard work. It's not a leisure time or a kind of nine to five sort of job. So you you have to have a certain mindset, I think, to to survive in this world um the networking thing is really important but for me that networking process has only come about maybe in the past five six seven years where um as a result of the recognition that what i was doing was sort of in a box over there somewhere uh, and wasn't central to what was going on in other aspects of culture you just start really realizing i i've got to be talking to people i've got to get out there and share what i'm doing share what the company's doing and mostly get the young people i'm working with out there um i ran a theater company called the shysters for 14 years and we were arts council funded and we created plays that toured around the country and then one day the arts council decided they didn't want to fund us anymore at that stage this was like in 2011 and the company folded and the actors we were working with are now no longer acting they're just uh they're doing other sorts of stuff it was then i thought what was the point of those 14 years mm. because those young people who were by the time we finished working with them in their 30s they had no futures even though we'd done some great stuff yeah. they had no futures because they weren't part of society they weren't they were almost like as i said a small group of people somewhere else doing good work Um, And then when we, uh, our funding collapsed, everything collapsed. So that absolutely made me rethink how we go about stuff. So the more people are freed up from dependency on us to do, to be able to do stuff in all sorts of other ways, the the better it is.
0: Mm. Um,
1: so i don't know if that answered the question well (laughs) Well,
0: the thing is you like you went into a lot and it kind of made me think obviously you know there is a reliance on funding i know that you're doing um and you know the mindset of what you were saying um There's always going to be challenges and it's, you know, like if you are starting off, Mm. I suppose it's just kind of rolling with the punches. And if you're passionate about something, just trying to keep navigating through the tough times. Um,
1: But I think that that a rider to that also, though, is is believe in what you can do, but also interact with other people and learn from them as well. And I think there's a little bit about this is my thing and this is all I do and I'm going to push that for me what's most important is to discover more and more about what you can do by working with other people yeah by having that sort of and when i say dialogue i don't necessarily mean conversation and words but having a kind of interaction with other people that enables you to discover more about what you can do so don't be set in your ways yeah um be open to, to change. Well, I was
0: just about to say that. Be open, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Open theatre. Yeah. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> so that's something that links in a lot through these the discussions that we yeah. have, actually, and it's very much about you know authenticity and um, developing yourself. Yeah. Um, it's always something that we come back to, and that's why these conversations are fascinating because we are kind of, you know, in the world. There's a lot of things that are thrown up, thrown at us, and yeah. She's saying strict structures and you're yeah, supposed yeah. to do this, that, and the other. But actually, when you get involved mm. with it, you're at, you know, it's not about that. And peeling back those layers is something that is a process to go through, I suppose. Yeah. So, anybody who's considering doing something that you will be doing, just keep pushing through.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Sort of believe in yourself, but, but, or believe in what you might be able to do in the future. Not, mm. um, I suppose it's the sort of rebel in me that says, don't do what everyone else does. Don't kind of, um, <laughs> Uh, go along with stuff that you don't connect with and that's well, for me was the biggest lesson one of the biggest lessons that's for... where
0: it's hard though isn't it yeah. to kind of disconnect in it in a, yeah. to a degree because if you feel like you're probably losing opportunities yeah but actually really you're gaining others yeah so just because yeah. that seems like it, the norm doesn't but it's necessarily mean i
1: suppose to work out that in advance I think in hindsight you can yeah. look back and go well thank god I didn't do that mm. uh, even though I wanted to at the time because I know it wouldn't have worked out now um, but I i cheerfully say that I've never got a job that I applied for and I'm really grateful now <laughs> because I've discovered <laughs> yeah. what I really want to do and that's that's a reflection of when I went for a job it's because I thought it was what I wanted to do and I was thought I would want to work with other within other people's ways of doing things yeah um, and when I got to the interview, it was obvious that um, no, this ain't going to work because I don't. We don't connect. Uh, but it, you have to go through that process, I think, yeah. sometimes to yeah. get to that point of realization that you discover your own strength in that sense.
0: Okay, absolutely. Wow. Well, I hope what you say gives strength to people when you know they they're at that kind of like yeah. moment of not really being yeah. sure and just yeah.
1: I think okay. it's also, I think it's far more difficult to do that these days than when I was younger. Mm. I think there was a certain freedom that you had to explore. Okay. Um, I don't know whether that freedom still exists. I don't know.
0: Oh, that's big. It is. <laughs> <Sorry. clears throat> that's not good there. Eh? <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, "What do I say now?" <laughs> um, well, um, that's open
1: to question, but uh, <laughs> um, I just think there's more pressures on people these days to mm. to do things in certain ways, and uh, I suppose just to have a bit of a rant the 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 normalisation of society that I've seen over the past thirty forty years, are where where we are so constrained by the norm of what we should do how we should behave um what's right and wrong i just uh you know and that's down to measurements and outcomes and all of that stuff that goes Mm. on uh and some of that is very well intentioned i think but it absolutely constricts and even today i was listening to someone on the radio talking about if you're just a little bit different it's really difficult in the society today to function
0: mm. and he
1: was talking about the fact he was a bit of a geek and likes um uh, biology <laughs> yeah, and he was going into went into a forest and found a fox's skull and sort of itemized every detail of the the, the, the fox's um uh, skeleton uh, and he was thought of as odd now w- we work with people who are seen as very odd in that sense, mm. so their chances of surviving in this really normal world is is much more extreme yeah um so uh, so our catchphrase catchphrases doing difference differently because we just want to p- promote difference in every possible different way uh, and to celebrate difference and not and rail against the norm in that sense um and that's really important for us uh, to to look for difference to seek it out to find it in every single person what makes you different is far more interesting than what makes you like me
0: yeah okay Brilliant! Wow, if I, because there is such an elusivity on um, what you do <laughs> when it comes to sessions, yeah. if people want to find out more about you um, and your yeah, because you, we who,
1: yeah, so we are very open in that sense as well. That um, if you want to come, if anyone wants to come and see or talk to us or just come and see what we do, we always say come along, and because that's the only way you'll get to know us. Yeah, or uh, get to understand what we do, and that's that's just the way it is. But yes, we are always saying come come and see.
0: So have you got a website or yep. social media links we've still? got,
1: Yeah, I'm sure we've got social media links as well. <laughs> <laughs> Twitter handles and all that. But it's all around open theatre. So okay. there's a there is a website, opentheatre.co.uk.
0: Okay. And um the, I know that you're doing so because we were discussing funding earlier. Yeah um just you know, you says from a learning curve of, you know, you're losing funding, you're doing yep. a fundraiser at the moment and
1: Yes, yeah, yeah. Um we're we're calling the thirty by thirty fundraising campaign um so we're we're looking to raise uh t- we well this is the first part of it that 30 people raised 300 pounds for us uh uh within 30 days i don't know if that's achievable but there are lots of we will be doing a lot of fundraising events over the next um year but that's partly to say well oh yeah we've been around 30 years that's mm, a long time yeah. let's look back on what we've done and kind of go uh, sort of celebrate that but also where where's the next 30 years going yeah. so it's how do we catapult ourselves into the next 30 years
0: okay wow <laughs> i'm very excited for you i wish you Thank the best of luck with that it's a good i I really like the um you know the kind of uh focus on the anniversary mm-hmm. and pushing that mm-hmm. forward um as a closer as what we normally do with the leading communities podcast is we ask if you're reading any books that you would like to share or or you know if you're delving into youtube channels or media that you think is interesting if you've got books books is good but
1: books um yeah I, I do read a lot of books but i haven't had much time recently but i've just bought this book um that says the uh the basis of thought is not words it's movement and i'm fascinated by that idea that that thought is, is generated by movement not by words um because that links so closely to what we do mm. so the the physicality of our process is what enables the learning and the thinking and the development, not the words.
0: Okay.
1: So I think there's a whole area of um, scientific research that backs up what we're doing, and we that's part of the reason why we want to do some research, is to, to kind of gain a better understanding so that we can explain it better to other okay. people.
0: What's that book called? <laughs> Am I putting you on the spot? We might pop it in your uh, profile. Yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> I only got it yesterday. Okay, that's so absolutely fair enough. <laughs> I could look it up because I got it, got it from Amazon. But um, yeah.
0: We'll pop it on the blog. That's yeah. not a problem. Okay, okay. well, Alright. thanks ever so much for your time. It's been a really interesting conversation. Good. thank All you. Right. Thank Enjoyed you. Enjoyed it. Okay. Thank you for listening. To keep up to date with Leading Communities Podcasts, releases and updates, follow us at a4ucic.com at Ideal Directions and at That's All Media.